This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. So can you go with me to the word of God? John, the 11th chapter, beginning at verses 1 through 7. John, the 11th chapter, beginning at verse 1 and 7. And we're going to jump down to verse 20 to 26. Don't mean to be too long, but it's very important that I share these scriptures with you on today. Hallelujah. If you have the word, respond by saying, I have the word. It's on the screen for you as well. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord reads, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he who thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. Verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, thou brother shall rise again. And Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this. Therefore the scripture. Father in the name of Jesus. We thank you on today O oh God. For being the God of our salvation. Thank you heavenly father for waking us up this morning. And allowing us, O oh God, to see a new day. We thank you, O oh God, for every experience that you've allowed us to encounter. And so, Father, we pray now that you would have your way in this place. 
this place where we abide, where they may be right now online, oh God. I pray, oh Lord God, that you would go into every home, that you will anoint in a mighty way. Touch the ears, the mind, the hearts of your people. I pray, oh God, now that this word that God you have sent today will do what it is sent out to do, that it would saturate the hearts of your people, that it will encourage your people in a mighty way to live on, oh God. I pray, oh Lord, that you would anoint my lips, that you would anoint my hands, that God, that you will anoint me from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, that God, you would use me to deliver this word, oh God. I pray, oh Lord, that everything that needs to be said will be said and everything that needs to be accomplished will be accomplished on today. I thank you, oh God. Have your way, Heavenly Father. Have your way, Heavenly Father. Have your way, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, we declare, oh God, at the conclusion of this message, God, someone will get the victory. Someone will be restored. Someone will be revived. Someone will be renewed. And God, that they will yet believe who you are. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Just want to preach to you for a few moments. I won't belabor your time too much from a topic entitled, Do You Still Believe? Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, Do You Still Believe? You can have your seats. Just want to pray for me here. I need y'all to pray for me. Hallelujah. Thank you so very much. As I said, it's been a while since I have addressed the pulpit in this manner because 2020 was a very interesting year. To say the least, 2020 has been a very challenging year. I know we're in 2021 now, but can I just talk about 2020? Do y'all mind if I, uh, if I just share with you? Of course, the most people felt the results of this, what they say is a pandemic. Uh, this pandemic has hit us hard. It, it hasn't been kind to a lot of people. Um, in the beginning, I felt fearless. Can I share with you? In the beginning of this pandemic, when I heard the talk of it, I felt like I was fearless. Uh, I said, oh, I'm a believer. I got this. Uh, I was convinced that the church, if anything, needed to stay open. I'm like, yeah, they ain't going to close the church. The church is going to stay open because everybody is going to need the church. This is, this is what I said. Y'all all right with this? This is what I said. Everybody is going to need the church. And I figured there are people who aren't going to know what to do. And if they did not have a relationship with Jesus, they would run to the to the church. I said the church should never be closed. We are the hospital. Uh, um, the people uh, in this community or all, all around us, I felt well, they need us. And then everything was shut down, including the church. Uh, the grocery stores and the hospitals uh, were the only essential place uh, that could care for the needs of the people who are now disbelieving. Everywhere we turn, people began to suffer loss. And uh, 
said, Lord, it looks like we are losing. Y'all act like y'all didn't say that. Uh, it, I said, Lord, it looked like, like, uh, like it don't look good for us. People lost their cars and they lost their jobs and folks are leaving and getting out of their homes uh, and folks have lost their faith. We lost things that were important to us. We lost family. We lost friends. We lost relationships. And some marriages did not last through this pandemic. And, and so I, I hope, I hope y'all don't mind. Y'all know I'm a very transparent preacher. I hope you don't mind if I take you on this personal journey um, that I had to go on uh, of still uh, loving God and still trying to believe God my personal struggle and triumph was to consistently in spite of all to still believe God and and, and so this uh, elder blonde this is what I had to deal with can y'all 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 know what I had to do because but I can just can I just say it because I haven't been able to really like say it is that all right uh, um, so y'all may not know let me let me share my story I lost my sister Jeanette on April 2nd to COVID then on April 28th I lost my mother in her sleep okay I then get word that my sister Dorothy is not doing well. So I'm in Charlotte. I leave Charlotte and I come because that's what I do. Because I took care of my mother. Uh-huh. Because I love my mother. Because she took care of me. That's what a child's supposed to do. Okay. Uh-huh. My mother lived with me. I took care of my mother. And, and then now my sister, my, my, you know, we are very, very close family. Y'all, y'all know the Billings girls. We are very, very close. And especially, you know, me and my sister Dorothy, you know, we are, we are the youngest. You see what I'm saying? And so she used to, y'all know, we look alike. She used to come here. And then, and then my sister gets sick. So I leave Charlotte and I come to take care of my sister. But when I get here, it seems like she's doing much better. So my hope starts to come up, okay? Uh-huh. She's cooking around the house. And uh, I said, what you doing? And she said, well, I'm washing clothes. I said, well, well, what you doing? She said, well, I'm cleaning. I said, well, what you doing? She said, well, let's go to the park. I said, what, what you doing? She said, come on, let's watch some movies. Let's have some fun. I said, okay. This does not seem like a woman who is sick. Her spirits are high. And I often wondered... Why do some people who are sick become so mean and nasty? And I, I'm, so I'm looking at my sister and, and I'm like, I heard the diagnosis, but she is so up and high and encouraging and, and loving. But I've met some people who are sick and got a bad report that turn into some mean, nasty boogers. Boogers. I just think that when you're sick, and you need healing, you should at least be nice because you need help. But some people get downright hateful and mad, so much so that you don't want to be around them. But not my sister Dorothy. No matter what, after every treatment, she still believes in God. She would leave treatment, y'all. I'd be pushing her in the wheelchair. She leaving treatment, and she come up with a song just for the people that were going in treatment behind her, so she could encourage them. She would create a song. She would just be singing. She says, "Praise the Lord." 
God is good. Don't y'all worry. It's going to be all right. She said, God got this. Let me just tell you. So, so I drew strength from her. I'm the pastor, but she's my encourager. Then all of a sudden, her health plummets. And I lose my sister on September 28th. Now between all of this that's going on, y'all know the story. My husband, his nephew was killed by hitting by a car while he's on his motorcycle. And then his aunt dies of COVID. And then his grandmother passes suddenly. And so what I said was, God, I love you. But this is enough. I, this is what I said. I, I don't know if anybody's ever been through any struggles and what, what you've said to God, but I said, God, okay, all right now, this is enough. Then I was reminded, and I reminded him of his word. He said, he said, he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And listen, I've even said to Lord, to the same thing to him. I said, well, Lord, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But this pain that I'm feeling has my knees buckling. This don't feel good. This don't feel like victory. This don't feel like it's going to be all right. This just not feel good. And usually when I feel overwhelmed, I call on him. Yeah, I do. But it seems that I've called on him lately. But y'all hear me. You preach right with me, bro. That he ain't answering. I recall very clearly when she was in the hospital. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, Lord, I just need you to send your word to her for healing. I prayed for her healing where I was. And if she was there in the hospital and I was home, I'm like, God, come on, send your word. I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, he would send, that he would send his healing her way. And I believed it. And I just knew it would be done. But it wasn't. I knew my mother was getting older. I understood that. She was 92 years young. 92 I knew, I saw the changes in her. I saw the changes in her movement. I saw it. I saw the changes in her speech. I saw it. I saw that her appetite was changing. I saw it. And I was still saying, Lord, you know I still need my mama. You know I still, I need her. I don't care that she can't do what she used to do just by having her with me. I, I felt good. Then the day happened when I had to settle with the fact that he wanted her more than I did. I said to myself, if my sister, while she was in the hospital, if she could just get strength to just answer her phone when I was calling when she was in the hospital, uh, I could encourage her enough to fight. Or if I prayed on her behalf, things would change for the better. Can I tell y'all something else that I told God? It's obvious that we will not always get what we want or pray for. It's just obvious. And then I said, well... Sometimes, Lord, it just looks like we are living in an Ecclesiastics 8 and 14 life. What does 8 and 14 say, Pastor Shaw? Well, things happen that make no sense at 
wrong. If you look at it, it says good people get what's coming to the wicked and bad people get what's coming to the good. That's what it says. It makes no sense. And when the bad stuff happens, y'all know how we do, depending on who you are. Um, when, when bad stuff come our way, you know how we do, y'all. We say, oh, what did I do to deserve this? Uh-huh. And then when good things happen, we take the good things and we start feeling, oh, I was rewarded for doing something good. We all know the scripture that says we reap what we sow. But there were times where we will hurt when we don't deserve it. We will face losses that are unexplainable. But I don't want this message, though, to seem as though I am condemning God. That's not what I'm doing. He is still yet a good God. He is not a God of evil. There are things that happen in this world that is not the will of God. Don't blame God, y'all. Don't blame God. God's will is that we all come to know him. That's what his will is. Uh, he is a good God that gives us hope. And I'm all for hope, but sometimes it's hard to experience new things. It's hard to experience situations and get back to feeling good with life because of how that last situation left us feeling. And guess what? Death don't care. Death don't care. And when I found, and what I found that's helpful is that we have to release our grief. We have to release our grief. I'm not saying act as though it doesn't exist. That's impossible. Um, if you are you are a superhero, if you have gone through loss and, and it does not bother you, you are a superhero. Kudos to you. But I'm not a superhero. Uh-huh. Because uh -huh. I, I had to learn not to suppress my feelings. I had to learn not to worry about crying. Even when I was in public, there was tears that would go down my face when I just thought about the mere love and the relationship that I've had with my loved ones. There are people who expect you to always be strong, though. Everyone expects you to push through if you're the strong one. You're the go-to person. You should always be the go-to person. You don't have time to grieve or cry or sit by yourself. Or God forbid, you don't answer your phone because somebody else needs you. They talk. They don't even know what you're going through. They don't even understand the pain. They have not yet experienced it. They don't understand. They don't understand. But what do you do when you don't want to be the go-to person? I can answer that question for you. You got to give it to God. Listen, I was the one that said, God, I'm tired of giving the fake smile. I'm 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 tired. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. I had to start saying, people like, how you doing? I ain't doing so good. Uh -uh. I'm in, I'm in pain today. 
I'm hurting. I had, I had to be honest because, you know, right now I'm just holding back tears because uh, how I feel, you know, I, I wasn't okay. I ain't, I ain't okay right now. I ain't, I ain't okay right now. I just feel that people just need to be real. Especially us preachers. We just got to be real. We, we're not invincible. Well, we're not invincible. I was just like, God, I can't, I can't fake this no more. I done lost three of my hearts. Three, three. We, we went together. We went away every three months on a girl's thing. Every, every three months. My mother, my sisters, every three months. Every three months. If we went to Jersey, stayed at a hotel for the weekend. If we went to Delaware, we went for the weekend. We just had a good old time. I, I, we, we even planned a trip for my sister Dorothy. Her birthday was September 4th. She went to the hospital, amen, for a checkup to make sure that the doctor would give her enough medication so that she'd be okay for the trip. We were leaving on Thursday. Whatever happened, she ended up in the hospital on that Tuesday. So we couldn't go. When I tell you she was walking around the house with so much strength, and then all of a sudden... I was like, I am not faking this. I can't fake this no more. And so it's like, well, do you still believe God? Came the question. Oh, y'all, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to. Because like, I was like, Lord, I'm in need of a breakthrough. I know I'm not by myself. I wish y'all would just get honest and talk back to me. Come on, those who are online, can you, can you tell me I'm in need of a breakthrough? I needed to recover. I thought I was going down. I was going down. What they going to say when they see the preacher, the pastor's wife, give up? I needed to process this. I said, come on, Sabrina, don't suppress this. You got, come on, you, you can cry on your husband's shoulders. Yes, he's there, but guess what? He needs you too. I need him. He needs me. We pulling on each other. I needed to know that when help reached out to me, I knew how to receive it. I, had to, I, didn't, I couldn't push away the help. I had to learn to receive the help. Especially when you always are the help. Don't be afraid to receive help from others. Can I help y'all? Y'all need to write, don't be afraid to receive help from others. So I have a responsibility today as a leader, as the preacher on today, to take you through this journey so that it, it will impact your life to make you think and make you still believe God. I'm just going to walk through this story just for a moment. I may not shout you, but I just want this story just impacted my life. And, and, and I, want, I want to share with you. We've heard about the relationship that Martha, Mary, and Lazarus had with Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. When Jesus came to Bethany, he stayed with them, a place where he felt comfortable to stay. They were hospitable. Martha cooked while Mary gleaned. But now while Jesus is absent, a problem occurred. And, and, and when we look at the text, we see Lazarus is sick. 
It doesn't say how sick he is. And it doesn't say what sickness he has. It just says that he was sick. They are two facing a family crisis. They are facing a family situation. Mary and Martha have to figure out what we's going to do. What we going to do. This is unfamiliar situation for them. Something hit close to home. Has anybody had a situation that happened in your home and you felt like all hell just broke loose? Oh, am I talking to you? There's a problem in the house. Somebody shout the house. Uh, not just any house, but in the house of Mary, the same Mary who pushed her way through, sat down at Jesus' feet and massaged it with oils and wiped it with her hair. She was a worshiper, but she still had a problem. I didn't say that she was a praiser. Because anybody can praise. I said she was a worshiper that had a problem. But she still had a problem. The, the home of Martha, who went all out to feed and make Jesus and his disciples comfortable when they came to her house. They have a problem in the house. Some problems, y'all, that we go through... We continue to think we are the only ones that have that problem. I love God, but I, but I still had some situations. But I'm so glad I'm not by myself. And I can read about how somebody else went through some of the problems that I went through in their house. And it's giving me right now instructions on how I'm going to come out. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I could imagine as time went on, things don't look like it's getting better. And Mary and Martha now got to figure out, uh, uh, I think we waited long enough before they had to realize they needed to call on Jesus. Isn't that like us? Because what we do is we pray, <laughs> we believe, but we wait with expectation. That he's going to show up. That's how I see this scene playing out. They, 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 they were praying. They were waiting in expectation because they just knew uh, that the end result would be something new. They knew that they also had a friend in Jesus. They knew that they could call on Jesus. Anybody know you are a friend in Jesus? Come on, you know that you can call on Jesus. Anybody in here? Can I pause here and ask this question? What I want to know is, who do the people that don't know him call on? We can call on Jesus, but who are they calling on that don't know? Do they call on Buddha? Do they call on Muhammad? Who are they calling on? Somebody say, I call on Jesus. There is nothing else left to do because whatever these sisters were doing was not working. It wasn't working. And they have to do something else. They've got to now send for Jesus. 
This is a 911. This is an emergency. Can you just imagine these sisters telling Lazarus, Lazarus, I know you ain't feeling well, but just hold on. Lazarus, don't worry, it's, it's going to be all right. Lazarus, 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 can you hear me? Don't lose hope. Don't, don't lose hope. Hold on. Just, just hold on. Can you imagine the sisters that loved him? They're trying to tell him to hold on. The journey to get to Jesus is a day's journey. <laughs> but they're telling him to hold on. Mary and Martha know that if Jesus don't get there quickly, it's going to be fatal. But they tell Lazarus, just hold on. Uh, they got to send a messenger to get to Jesus so they can tell Jesus what's going on. And when the messenger gets there, he tells Jesus, he said, he whom you love is, is sick. Wait, wait. He says, he whom you lovest is sick. You have to be a good somebody that all you have to say is, he, the one that you love, is sick. You don't even have to have your name said. You got such a kind and good relationship with God uh, that they ain't even got to say your name. Uh, all you got to do is give a description of your relationship with God. Uh, hallelujah. So he can identify who you are. Uh, oh, my God. Ask your neighbor, uh, what are they saying about you uh, that's going to get Jesus to identify uh, with who you are? So now Jesus knows his friend needs him. And his disciples know that his friend needs him. And his disciples figure, oh, well, I guess Jesus should go. When it's a job for Jesus, you can't send anybody else. When it's a job for Jesus, don't send other folks in his stead. Folks will leave your church sidebar. Folks will leave your church if they expect the pastor to come and you send somebody else. Oh, y'all real quiet. Y'all real quiet. If the pastor don't come, don't send no elder and don't send no deacon. I don't even care if they qualified. The church don't want you to send nobody else. Oh, they got a word in them too. But I want the pastor. I want Jesus. All right. Some would be okay with the messenger. But that all depends on who the messenger is. Uh-huh. I'm sure. I'm going quickly here. I'm sure the disciples figured Jesus would just stop what he was doing. Instead, Jesus says, this sickness is not unto death. He doesn't just say, don't worry about it, although that's how it sounds. He gives a reason why you shouldn't even worry. It's for the glory of God, he says, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Okay. This is what you're saying? All right. The messenger got the word, and now Mary and Martha are waiting to hear what Jesus has to say. Either, either he going to say something or he going to come 
But either way, what's, what's going on? What's going on? They're waiting in anticipation. They're not expecting a word. They're expecting the living word to show up. They don't want the sent word. They want the living word. They didn't send word to Jesus just so that Jesus was informed about what's going on. They wanted Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. How many of us call on Jesus to show up? And while we're waiting, we end up hearing somebody else telling us, don't you worry. Don't worry. This sickness is not unto death. Oh, come on. Give God glory. God's going to get the glory out of this. You get the encouraging words you need. And that sounds all wonderful. But you want Jesus. Period. There's something about when we know Jesus is there, it's something about when he's there, we feel better. There's nothing like when Jesus is there. It's like you have your own personal superhero. It's like, come on, it's like, oh, man, you're about to get what you want. Oh, when Jesus is there, oh, whoa, God, it feels so good. You see everything working out when Jesus is there. Am I by myself when I say there's a newfound joy and strength when Jesus is there? Come on, you found happiness when Jesus is there. You get excited on the inside when you know Jesus is there. Oh, when you see what you prayed for is about to manifest, you get happy because Jesus is there. There is nothing like it. You feel like a new person when Jesus is there. There are emotions and feelings all over you. And you smile on the inside that you couldn't muster up before. You couldn't get the strength to have a faith. You didn't have strength to smile. You didn't have strength to believe. Something happens when Jesus shows up. But just look at this story. They send word to Jesus. Somebody say, that's day one. All right. And then from them... To return back to Jesus with Jesus' answer, that's another day, say two days. But now Lazarus has been dead two days. So let's do a quick calculation here. That means Lazarus was either almost dead or he was dead while the messenger was on his way to Jesus. Lazarus was sick and Jesus stays, what, two more days. I believe Jesus thought that this is a good time for me to heighten their awareness of who I am. This, this is a good time for me to get them to understand that the glory of God is better. God's love and his timing, though, can be very confusing. It's, it's very confusing. How many of you ever loved someone and they made you mad? Oh, see, so y'all real quiet. I mean, you love them so much, but some of the things they do makes you so confused. You scratch your head because you don't understand. You love them, but it's just confusing. I know, Jesus, I know you love me, but what you're doing right now to prove your love, it is confusing. I love you, but what are you thinking? are you doing? I'm sure my husband said that plenty of times. I know he asked himself that question a whole lot. But the thing is about our love, 
the love we have for each other doesn't go into question. See, when, uh, when things that Jesus does sometimes or somebody you love, if they do stuff, uh, um, your, your love starts to waver. Oh, come on. Your love starts to waver. Because that means you ain't really in love, baby. Hallelujah. If you if you in love one minute, you're not in love the next because somebody did something. That's not love, baby. That's love, not love. And, uh, oh, my God. So, amen. Hallelujah. We often confuse God's love for wanting proof of his love. What kind of proof do we want when he has given us life? What kind of proof do we want when he has given us promises? He has prepared a place for us. I know he loves me. I don't need proof. I am living proof. But we still ask, where is his love? Now in the midst of our pain. Where is his love in the midst of our circumstance? Where is his love in the midst of our hurt? Where is his love when we lose this and lose? Where is his love? His love for us should not have to be proven based on how I feel when he's present. Oh, my love for him shouldn't be proven that way. But I will still praise him because he's God. But yet, I will prove my love for him on how I act in his absence. When he's not there, I will still bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I may not feel him, but uh, I praise God anyhow. Even when I can't sense he's around, even when I can't trace him, I will still bless him. We've got to trust the plan of God and not always look for a quick resolve. Because he always has a plan. Somebody say two days, two days, I'm moving quickly. The disciples had a certain concern for Jesus going back because they know the last time he was there, he was in danger. But when we jump down to verse 11, Jesus tells his disciples, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I'm going to go and I'm going to wake him up out of his sleep. The disciples are thinking Lazarus is sleeping, and that's a good thing. He's asleep. He's asleep. What you, what, it's all good. He's asleep. And then Jesus now has to explain to him, to the disciples, no, he's dead. He's not asleep. As a matter of fact, I'm glad I wasn't there. Now you're going to have to believe. Oh, my God. The fight to believe. Clearly the disciples don't know what's happening because they're still reflecting back to the fact that they are going to a place that's dangerous, that they shouldn't go there, and they're probably going to die too. And Jesus is glad he wasn't there because he wants his disciples to know and to also believe that he is God. He wants his disciples to also know who he is and that he has power. When Jesus makes his way, he learns that Lazarus was dead now for four days. And many come from near and far to mourn Lazarus. They come 
to mourn Martha. They come to mourn Mary. Y'all know how that happens, right? I don't have to really play it out for you, but let me just help you a moment. Uh, in this particular text, they had some professional mourners. They came paid mourners. People were paid to come and to create an atmosphere of sadness. They came, amen, a big old crowd. Y'all know what happens. You see family and friends that you ain't seen in a very long time when somebody has died. Oh, they come, I don't know if they come to be spectators or not, but a big old crowd comes from nowhere. It's nice to know people will be there for you. But guess what, y'all? It's unfortunate that everyone who mourns for you aren't there to mourn with you. You're going to learn it. You're going to learn it. And when we face loss, we need God, but we need God's people too. We need God's people. We need the church, y'all. We need the church. We need each other. Look at each other. Come on, say, we need each other. Uh, come on, ask somebody else, do you still believe God? Ask him, ask him, do you still believe God? If you would also allow me just to give this quick example of someone who believed God even when times got tough. Come, Job, come. Can I, can I, can I use you for a moment? You're the perfect example. And uh, Jesus allowed Job to be challenged and put to test. And Satan thought it wasn't a fair fight because Jesus had a hedge of protection around him. And Satan thought, well, if God can take away everything Job had, that Job would curse God in his face. But, but God is so confident. He's so confident about Job. God says, oh, you worried about a hedge? Oh, come on, I'll take off the hedge. You can do whatever you want, but don't touch him. I'm confident, he says, about my servant Job. I'm going to remove it. I give you permission. I give you permission. Watch and see when you're done. Job's still going to love me. You watch and see when I'm done. Sabrina's still going to love me. You watch and see when I'm done. This church right here, the people in it listening, and those who are online, they still going to believe me. They don't make faith like that no more, y'all. They don't make, come on, faith ain't like that no more. It's not, it's not popular like that no more. Nowadays, you take somebody's car, you take somebody's friend, you take somebody's house, you take somebody's cat or dog, and they got a problem. They stop believing God. Y'all act like y'all don't understand. Oh, my God allows Satan to touch Job. God allowed it for Job to be touched and God allows it for us ask me why ask me why so the devil can see it's not about the stuff God gives us it's about the love that he shows us hallelujah it's about the love that God shows us and he wants Satan to know that we will not give up maybe somebody in your area is going through something right now and they're wondering why they going through anybody ever wonder why you're going through anybody in here anybody online wonder why you're going through can I help them again I'm gonna give you the answer for you right now it's because God is bragging about you 
God is bragging about you. That's why you're going through. That's why you're suffering. That's why. That's why sometimes you get hit and it didn't feel good. That's why. Because God is bragging about you. He bragged about Job and Job lost everything. He's bragging about you when you're going through a little something, something. I just want you to know God is bragging about you. It's actually a compliment. But Job didn't let him down. You know how the story ends? Job stuck in there, y'all. He didn't curse God. And he received double. didn't make it to the burial. As a matter of fact, he didn't make it into town. By the time Jesus got there, Lazarus was dead four days. And in verse 20, it says, Martha heard Jesus was coming. She went to go meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Jesus doesn't get to before he is approached just give me a second here he's two miles away when he is approached by Martha and Martha who we already know is outspoken she says to Jesus if you would have been here my brother would not have died she didn't come bearing food she didn't come with presents she didn't come with anything to manipulate him as a matter of fact she came empty handed now in this instant can I talk about me or maybe some of y'all oh my god you're coming now but I needed you a few days ago god you're coming now but I needed you a few months ago God you're coming now but I needed you before I left my house Lord God you came when I cooked for you but what happened when I cried but instead of Martha being disrespectful she still addresses him as her Lord and Martha still knows who he is just like you and I, despite what we feel, despite what we went through, we still know who he is. But in this day and age, especially in 2020, folks were like, well, if you can do all things, why didn't you do it for me? If you can heal the sick, why didn't you do it for me? If you can heal blinded eyes, why didn't you do it for me? I've seen you do it for others, but why didn't you do it for me? I've seen you touch lives, but why didn't you do it for me? I've seen you do it for people who mistreated you. I've seen you do it for people who called you out your name. I've seen you do it, but you didn't do it for me. You've done it for other people who did not deserve it. And the reason why we say this is because for the moment, we don't have belief. For the moment, there is no hope.
of who is, of who the Lord is. But I come to encourage you. Don't you lose sight. You gotta still believe. And in the midst of Martha's rant, she says, but I know that even now, but I know that even now, did you hear what I said? But I know that even now, that whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it unto thee. When it all boils down to it, Lord, you look at the track record of God. You know he has the ability to do it. And whatsoever he asks, it will be done. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. God is going to get your miracle to you. God is going to get your breakthrough to you. God is going to get your power to you. All you gotta do is, all you gotta do is, all you gotta do is believe even now. Even now, even now, no matter what, believe God's going to do it. Situations, they will rise, but God is going to do it. You may question your relationship with God, but you still got to believe. You can't stop right now. You're on the brink of your breakthrough. You can't stop right now. You're on the brink of your miracle. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. And oh, and oh, and oh, he's done for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. He's still I'm a tight man. 
Sabrina Shaw. Well, let me take you to the scripture. Verse 25 and 26, where it says he is the resurrection. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? In this text, we see Jesus saying he is the resurrection and the life. And if you believe in him, you shall never, you shall never die. Is anybody glad about the word that says if you believe, if you believe, if you believe, you will never die, but you shall live. Yes, Lord, say it, say it, say it. Yes, Lord, and he is asking, Martha, do you believe this? Even in a pandemic, do you believe? Even in your heartache, do you believe? In your disappointment, do you believe? You've been discouraged, but do you believe? Even in death, do you believe? Do you believe? Sickness in your body, do you believe? He is Jehovah Rapha. Do you believe that he is your provider? Jehovah Nasi, do you believe that he is Jehovah Shalom? Do you believe when your heart is trouble, he'll give you peace? Do you believe that God is Jehovah Shammah? He will be your present help when you feel lost. Do you believe that he is my battle axe in the time of trouble? Do you believe? Do you believe that he is Jehovah Nisi? When you feel lost, he'll give you the victory. Do you believe? I don't ask God for stuff, but I believe. I know you lost your car, but do you believe? I know you've been followed, but do you believe? I know that relationship broke up. Do you believe people turn their back on you? 
again. He's going to rise. You ain't got to worry. And so when she gets this and I'm going, she goes and she lets Martha, Mary know because Mary stayed home and she then Jesus is looking for you. He's asking for you. And Mary comes quickly. Jesus is still, hasn't even come into town yet. He's still where Martha left him. She goes to tell Mary and he's still there. He hasn't even moved. He's still outside of town. Mary comes to Jesus and tells him the same thing her sister said. Had you have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. He says, show me where you buried him. In other words, Jesus wants to know, show me where you stopped believing. What happened that you gave up. Show me where you got tired. I've come to help my brothers and sisters today. Take Jesus to the place where you stop believing. Take Jesus to the place where you stop coming to church. You used to come in fellowship. Now you don't do that anymore because you don't believe has nothing to do with COVID. You don't believe like you used to believe. Take Jesus to that place. Take him to the place where you felt betrayed. Take him to the place where you felt exhausted. Take him to the place where you felt hurt, where you felt angry. Take Jesus to that place where you stopped being optimistic. Show him what happened to you. Show him. Tell him. He's not intimidated by what you say. Tell him the truth. Where you used to be a participator, now you're just a spectator. What happened? Don't 
send Jesus there. Take Jesus there. Take him. Take Jesus to the place. So she takes Jesus to the place where Lazarus was dead. And he was there for a while. So now he's been there a while now. So you know what happens when someone's dead for a while. There was no, you know, when they, what's that? When they clean you out and embalming. So now he's smelling. It's four days. Take Jesus to that smelly place. And let me help you. Jesus was not bothered. He knew where he was going. Jesus loves you so much, you can take him to your smelly place. Jesus will come to the place where you just most messed up. Your messed up situation, your darkest night, your worst pitfall. I've come to let you know that the Lord will be there. Can we worship God? Come on, if you still believe. Do you still believe? Do you still believe? Do you still believe? Come on, let's worship the Father. Come on, let's worship the Father. Take him to that place. Take him to that place. Take him to that place. Because he said in verse 40, come on, worship, worship. He said in verse 40, say I not unto thee, that if thou would believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. The glory of God is your increased faith. You, you believe God to be your healer. No matter what it looks like, you believe God. Where God will get the glory. Come on, worship him. Come on, worship him. Sick in your body? Come on, believe God. Good days, bad days, believe God. Believe God in good times. Believe God in bad times. Believe God, you got the victory. Believe God. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy does come in the morning. Do you still believe God? Do you still believe God? I say it all the time. I say it. I'd rather serve God and find out that he does not exist than to not serve him and find out that he does. Take God to your smelly place. Take him where you stop believing. Take him there. And guess what? He'll go right with you. Take him to that place. Look over at somebody and ask them, do you still believe? Do you still believe? I want you to make sure you encourage somebody that has lost their belief that God is still God. We love to say, God is good on a bad day. We've had some bad days, but God is still good. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. He's still God. And I still believe.
Come on, I hope you got the victory on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your holy name. We thank you, God, and in spite of how we've been, in spite of how we've acted, in spite of how we received the bad news, and in spite of all that has transpired in our life, where we've lost faith, we thank you for increasing it today. We thank you for increased faith. We thank you, O oh God, for never leaving us when we acted out of character. When we shamed your name because we walked away. Because for a moment, God, we didn't believe. We didn't trust. We didn't know what you were doing. We were confused by your actions. But God, we stand today to proclaim that you are Lord. And we still believe you to be our healer, to be our fighter, to be our strong tower, to be our God of peace. We thank you. You are God and you are God alone. We would serve no other but you. Thank you for life, health, and strength because we got it from you. Thank you, Lord. We adore you and we're so grateful that you love us right back. Even when we don't act right. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we adore the Lord real good up in here? Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hear this old song, though, Isaiah. If you can, I remember this one. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Where I first received you, take me back, oh, take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Listen, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you believe now that he is Lord, I want you to type it in the comments. Type that you're saved. Say, I want to be saved. I want you to type saved to 40691. Type the word saved to 40691. If you're saved, if you want to be saved. If there's anybody in our sanctuary, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I want you to type, say that you're saved. Hallelujah. Anybody save? Everybody save. We thank God for salvation. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. 
Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.